Hi, my name is Len Wright, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of AppScenemachine.com and AppClover.com. And you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to the App Guy Podcast. It's your host, Paul Kemp, and it's my job to bring you the guests from around the world, the best guests we can find that can share their insights and their knowledge and their expertise and help us in whatever we're doing. So whether it's indie app development, business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, or maybe you're just sitting listening to this at work, you know, this is the podcast for you if you want to learn about how to become a great app developer. And you know, with the uh, today we've got a great guest, a great guest because it's Jim Palmer. Jim Palmer, and if you go to the newsletter guru.com, that's the newsletter guru.com, you'll be able to check out uh, Jim and, and get to know Jim a little bit more. He is a marketing and business builder, he's the expert there, and uh, he also runs a radio show. So, Jim, we're looking forward to getting to know you a bit. Hey, Paul, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's a great pleasure to be on uh, the App Guy podcast. Perhaps you could tell us a bit about. You know, what, how you fell into what, what it is you do, is it, uh, you know, by choice? Uh, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your, your backstory. Sure. I was just on a, um, a podcast earlier, and it was about, um, they actually titled the show, Get Fired and Get Fired Up. So, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, um, I'd say probably half entrepreneurs kind of start and go out on their entrepreneurial journey, take the risk, create a program or a product or whatever. And then there's the others like me who always want to be an entrepreneur, but it's never a convenient time to walk away from you know insurance, direct deposit and, and vacation and things like that. But in uh, the year 2000, in July of 2000, actually, my position as a VP of marketing was eliminated from this company I was currently working at. And I found myself in um, a very long-term unemployment situation, which is never, I never thought I'd, you know, have to endure that. It was really quite a challenge for me personally. But in uh, October of 2001, Paul's when I decided to start my my first business and we went off and running and um, I created a company called Dynamic Communications. So I was writing and designing newsletters for companies and corporations and associations, nonprofits. And after about four to five years, I was doing pretty well kind of regaining my footing and making good money again. And then my wife asked me a, a question. I often describe it as the question that rocked my world. And she said, one night after dinner, on uh, we're sitting out back in the summertime. She goes, hey, Jim, when are we going on vacation? It's been like five years, way before you lost your job. We haven't been on a good vacation. And I realized at the time, Paul, that this business I had created was really not a business. It was just a job. Uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks listening to this may, you know, appreciate the fact that, yeah, you may be the creator and founder of your own corporation, but in reality, you're the chief cook bottle washer, <laughs> you're doing it all. And the thought of me going away for a week meant that my business would literally shut down. And so in 2005, I started looking for ways to recreate my, myself and my business yet again. And that's when I discovered internet marketing, direct response marketing, and I created my uh, second business called No Hassle Newsletters, which is kind of my flagship business today. And I, I sell, uh, I have membership program where I, people uh, buy my newsletter content and my templates, and actually companies all over the world, nine different countries use No Hassle Newsletters. 
And um, from there, I've grown to uh, other another program, No Hassle Social Media. I've authored five books. I'm out speaking, and I run a coaching program called Dream Business Coaching and, and several other things. And my first business hasn't been around for at least five years, so I've kind of transitioned. But it all started when, when I lost my job and was forced to look at different ways to uh, support my family. Yeah, no, it's a wonderful story. Thanks for you know digging into that, and I think it can resonate with a lot of people listening because you know there are people listening that are uh, maybe unhappy with their job, and sometimes we get into this business with the wrong perception that we feel it's too easy, and you know you found that it, it wasn't that easy, and it, it took a long a long road for you to actually uh, you know set up these uh, other things like uh, no household newsletter and. Uh, the no hassle social media. What, what was the transition like for you? If you can try and take yourself back to that time, what what did it feel like when you uh, left from the earning this lovely, uh, I guess, salary that was uh, you know coming in every month to then having to uh, support your family and, and and live by your own means? How 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 long did it take you to adjust? Well, I wish I could tell you I was a success right off the bat, but that wouldn't be truthful. You know, um, I look back on it now, Paul, coming up on 13 years, and my entire first year in business was what I refer to as revenue-free, <laughs> which means it took me a full year to get my first client. Now, I, I got to tell you, after being unemployed for 15 months, and um, actually during that same time period, I was diagnosed with stage two melanoma. So I had, you know, I really got beat up quite a bit with my confidence and just things going challenges in my personal life. Uh, so when I decided to start a business, I got to tell you, I was instantly transformed from this guy who was just feeling all down and out and no confidence to, I really felt exuberant that I finally had something to do. Now, I did have a business. I could say I was a business owner, but I had no revenue, which meant you know no sales. So I had to figure that piece out. And for over a year, Paul, I was doing, um, I was working part-time jobs, uh, sometimes getting up at four in the morning and going doing these part-time jobs so I could work my business and go meet with potential clients during the day. And I got the networking events at night. And really for the first year to year and a half, I mean, I was going from like 4 a.m. to like 9 p.m., falling into bed and doing it all over again the next day. And, and in, when, in year two, when I got, I got my first big client and then I started getting clients in succession, which really came as a result of me going out and planting a lot of seeds and meeting with prospects and nurturing and developing those relationships for over a year, they started to come to fruition, which in and of itself is a good business lesson. And so once I really started having success, it really started feeling real you know, when the money started coming in. But it was a challenge. It was definitely a challenge. And, you know, it's interesting you say, uh, you know, I, I think you mentioned how can it get easier people waiting. The, the title of my fifth book, by the way, is called Stop Waiting for It to Get Easier, Create Your Dream Business Now. Because I think that's really the mindset of a lot of entrepreneurs or, or wantrepreneurs, as I call them, people who want to become an entrepreneur, they're always waiting for the perfect time to start a business. And in reality, there is no perfect time. Yeah, just the reason I ask as well is that if you think about the app world, especially, you know, what do we get in the media? We get a lot of positive stories, you know, kids that have appeared on TED Talks that have made a lot of money creating, you know, like, for example, a Justin Bieber app and, 
you know, the WhatsApp was sold for 19 billion and Instagram and all these really, you know, hits, these big hits. And so, of course, you know, what people feel is that I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to go and write an app and uh, it's going to be an overnight success. Uh, and uh, in reality, it takes, uh, well, maybe three months, four months, maybe not even get an app. Uh, I've heard stories where they've lost a lot of money building an app, paying an, an external developer. And, you know, that literally uh, get, gets sort of um, down and out because of uh, they've lost they've, they've bet the house on an app and it's not worked out so but i think paul that's kind of true in any business so whether it's developing an app or starting a business based on some uh maybe wild belief or harebrained idea where you think you've got it i mean um there's a show here called shark tank are you familiar with that show well uh, interesting we had the official author of shark tank uh, on as a guest and uh, yeah so that's how I got to, to learn about it and actually we've got a future episode with one of the shark tankers uh, let's see if you recognize this name uh, J- uh, Julie Bashar of Salsa is it Salsa hmm. I don't know anyway she apparently is on one of the she calls it the best episode but I guess uh, okay. <laughs> every shark tank would say yeah but you know what's cool about that show is you get so you get these entrepreneurs with a business idea or maybe a fledgling business, and they're in front of five highly successful um, entrepreneurs and now investors. And if five people would, would tell this woman or this guy, whoever's up there, uh, this is wrong, you should do this way. And then they leave going, I'm not listening to that. I'm going to keep going down the path that I think is best. And I think that's kind of what some people do sometimes. So you have to be open to feedback. I mean, there's an expression that I really like. It's, it goes like this, success leaves tracks or success leaves clues. And so if you look at the path that other successful app developers or other entrepreneurs went on, there are certain things that I think every small business and entrepreneurial venture have in common. I mean, first of all, hard work is one. Having a good idea, testing it out, making sure there's a market for it. I mean, like you say, if you're going to mortgage your house and your kids and everything on this idea that you have, that you haven't done any research to see if there's even a need for it, I mean, that's kind of silly. I'm all about risk. I'm all about, you know, taking a shot and growing a business. But you don't want to create something unless you know there, there's actually a, a, a need for it. Yeah. Do you think we're in a quite a unique time? I mean, you've got a lot of experience and uh, you, I guess you've been in business yourself for, uh, what, 14 years plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, uh, I, I was just interviewing um, in a previous episode uh, a, a guy who set up an incubator and he said that he gets uh, like 2,000 odd applications for, you know, every 10 places. Uh, and so the, it's really competitive out there. And uh, did you feel like it, we're in a bit of a bubble in terms of startups and uh uh, you know, new people starting uh, businesses and entrepreneurial stuff? You know, there is no shortage, Paul, of ideas. I think what is in short supply is, um, first of all, perseverance and and maybe some common sense sometimes is in short supply. Uh, I mean, there's I, I have made plenty of mistakes. Every entrepreneur does. But if you don't learn from this, those mistakes and adjust course, you know, that's just a fast track to, to doom and gloom because, you know, you're if you run out of money, you're dead in the water. So you have to constantly learn. You have to be willing to adjust. One thing I know from coaching a lot of entrepreneurs is that they're very headstrong and they get tied to an idea. Um I was on a on a call a, f- a few hours before um, you and I were talking, and one person has what I believe is a great idea. They think it's a great idea, and I said, "You need to launch this." And I think, like, you need to launch it now. Well, I'm not sure, and this and that. I said, "Listen, you know, it's it, and in this world that we're living in right now, 
time is not on our side because technology is changing so rapidly. So I said, what you have for an idea now might be irrelevant in a year or two, but you know, have no fear about that. You can adjust it. You can make a lot of money from this for a year and then do something else. You know, in the app world, I mean, what apps that are hot now didn't exist like even a year or two ago? And what's the average life cycle of a really hot app? You know, it changes so constantly. If you look at social media and things like that, I mean, it, five years ago, if you were on Facebook, you know, you were a pioneer. <laughs> and now <laughs> there's Google Plus, And I mean, there's all you know, obviously Twitter, but there's um, LinkedIn is, is getting very big now. And um, Pinterest, I'm all every time you turn around, there's a new site. So my, my point is, um, there's an old, um, there's an old Chinese proverb, Paul, it says the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So if you've got a good idea, if you've done some research that, that, you know, there's a need for it, man, you got to roll the dice and take your shot. Jim, I love that. I love that proverb. That's uh, one I've uh, got down and as my, as my favorite. And I was just thinking in, t in terms of, uh, I guess, planting that tree now, but well, one of the things that uh, past guests have, uh, you know, really highlighted is the, the idea behind uh, getting your idea validated. And the best way is to get paying customers who buy into the concept. Now, Kickstarter is, a, is an app and a website that is, is doing exactly this, that you get pledges for your idea and and that's actually paid and then you've got to deliver on the idea but what what great you know validation of your idea have you come across a lot of entrepreneurs that are doing that uh not many at least not in the circles i'm traveling in and i agree with you that's a good way to do it but you know there's another there's another strategy that i want to share with you and that is getting involved in a mastermind group. In other words, get involved, sorry about that, get involved in a mastermind group where there's other entrepreneurs um, that are sharing ideas and what their feelings are about what you're, you know, what you're promoting or what you want to do. That's a very good thing to do. Another thing, um, Paul, I think is you, you have to take advice from other people who have earned the right to, you know, share their idea or their opinion. Do you know what I mean? In other words, if you go to your spouse and say, hey, what do you think of this logo? What do you think of this idea? And your spouse doesn't have an entrepreneurial bone in, in his or her body or, you know, they're they're somehow quite averse to risk, especially risking the house or or whatever it is. You could be in a situation where you're getting enough people or your parents or your friends and you're asking them, they're right. If, if you are asking the opinions of people who don't qualify or are not qualified to give you an advice, to give you advice, then you shouldn't be asking those people. So you got to ask the right people. And I, I totally agree with that. And uh, I just remember the uh, time. Uh, in fact, uh, it was when I asked my wife, you know, about my podcasting career. And uh, she, she spent five, 10 minutes laughing at my uh, first uh, <laughs> first episode. And so I just uh, I brushed it aside and said, no, you know, I'm going to carry on with this. And here we are, you know, episode 80, 81. And uh, uh, it's it's been a, a great journey for me personally in terms of this, doing this podcast, uh, and so, uh, um, yeah, I just wondered if uh, how. Oh yeah, okay. So I heard your phone go off. Um, so it, it looks like you've got a smartphone. What phone is it you carry? Uh, it is the iPhone five. A oh, beautiful. Okay, so um, this is the App Guy podcast. We do love talking uh -huh. about apps, and uh, you know, perhaps you can give us one or two apps that you uh, feel that would be useful to share. Yeah, I um. There's well, there's a couple. 
Well, there's, let me give three. There's uh, one that's kind of uh, personal related. I use it because I travel a lot. It's called Waze, W-A-Z-E. And that's where um, it, it alerts you to traffic, congestion, um, the police and things like that. Um, there's another one I use. I'm a kind of a hack guitar player and it's called Guitar Tuna, T-U-N-A for tuner. And so if you can't find a tuner or maybe your ear's not that great and you always got your phone, so you hit this thing and you hit like the E string, you play your E string and it, and it has this little, you know, needle, which tells you when it's exactly in the middle, it's in perfect tune. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I think you're aware I, ha I do have my own app. It's called uh, Smart Marketing App. Um, that people can can use, and that's where I, you know I share my videos, my podcasts, blog posts, and things like that. Yeah, let's talk about that because uh, there's one thing that is not quite happening, and you're clearly ahead of the curve here, which is, uh, I guess, um, people building a personal brand and actually having a native app as part of their uh, their armory. And you know, I've seen a lot of uh, different uh, websites where, you know, they're all over LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook, and they have their own personal brand in, in a website. But uh, it's not that many people doing native apps as a way of engaging with their audience. Do you feel that that's uh, like, uh, I guess, a trend that's going to ha happen in the future? I don't know. Um, you know, the, the kind of the, the, the entrepreneurial world that I hang out in, has a lot of um, internet marketers, uh, a lot of new entrepreneurs. You know, I don't, I don't run in the circles with you know major corporate CEO types. So I think in the entrepreneurial world, um, there is definitely, you know, obviously there's some uh, investment to be made when you're creating an app. There's also, I think, um, quite honestly, some short sightedness. And let me just, uh, I've got my right hand up and said I'm one of them. <laughs> you know, the um, the person on my team that has uh, developed my app for me. His name is Gary George and Gary owns a company called Blazin Multimedia and it's Blazin, Blazin without the G. So it's Blazin Multimedia. And Gary came, has been working with me for five years on a number of different projects, Paul. And he came to me about two years ago and said, Jim, it's, you need to have an app. It's the greatest thing going. And I admit it took me almost a year for him to convince me because I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend the money on my own app. But now that I've done it, we've got over 5,000 downloads. When the people download my app, um, they also get on my email list. Uh, we, we reward them for doing that. And then we can also obviously do some push marketing, you know, push messaging, push, push messaging out to them. So when I'm doing an event or promoting a program, we can do some push marketing to them. But I have had some amazing feedback. And the thing that there's a couple of realizations that happened for me, Paul. And one of them is a lot of the content up there is available in different places. You know, like my, my web TV show, which is in its fifth year, my podcast, my blogs, all that can be found elsewhere. But this is in a single place. It all feeds into the app. So it's always in the palm of your hand, as I say. And one of the things that I've, that I've come to realize is um, people like to consume information in different ways, right? So some people do like to read or books or, or read blogs. Some people like to listen to podcasts, thankfully for both of us. And some people like to watch videos and even you know, there's other forms of information, but with an app or, you know, like my app, you can consume, you can consume all the information that I put out there right there in the app. So I think the thing that holds some people back is uh, figuring out what are the benefits. And if you think there's a return on investment, and of course, you know, there is, there is some uh, 
investment to be made to create the app. But thankfully, I listened to Gary and and uh, my app is doing really well. Now, that's great to hear. And, you know, for people listening, I do feel that there is demand out there for building these personal brand apps. Uh, maybe they're, they're not, uh, I guess, they're not needing to be that slick or really that expensive because at this stage, it's just a, a branch off. Another way almost like of creating super users and, you know, super fans, because if I'm following you and I'm trying to get all the information all over the place, as you say, and I like your content, I probably just want to download the app and I know exactly where to go to get all the content. And push notifications are almost becoming way more effective than email because they're going directly to a phone and people look at those almost instantly, you know, compared to email, which is getting we're getting a bit drowned in the emails, I guess. Yeah, I do an event, a live event called Dream Business Academy. It was about a month ago in Las Vegas. And um, I had Gary speak on on some of the things that he's doing for me to help me grow my business. And part of that was the um, business app. And he it really speaks to, um, I think, the need for people to, to connect with them really quick. And Gary threw out a statistic, which I think he said – you know, there's email. People check email constantly. They do all these different things. But he said, if someone gets a text message, I think he said they look at it within like two seconds and they could be anywhere. And if their text message goes off, they're looking at it. Now, he said, what other form of media can you get that kind of attention instantly, you know, promoting your message? It, there is none. That's right. And and you can then uh, really use these push notifications uh, for a sense of urgency, you know, and uh, almost like a, a, a yeah, sort of time sensitive uh, offers, or uh, yeah, I guess uh, almost if you've got an event, you could uh, push push out. You know, during the event itself, you know, there's a session happening here. Just wanted to make sure that you're aware of that. You know, it's just instant notifications, and uh, they're obviously pushed out like, and people read them almost immediately. Compared to then, some people now get to emails in you know twice a day, three three times a day, uh, and maybe some are missed. So. Uh, yeah, I do think there's a future for push notifications. Um, so in the final thing, what we like to do here, Jim, is that we uh, like to try and, and flesh out another app idea. And the way we do this is to try to get you to think about frustrations in your current business. And you know, things that are real pain points, perhaps, things that are uh, niggling at you or frustrating you and, and you just wish that there would be an easier solution. Could you have a think about that and and, and let us know what, what things are really frustrating you right now, then we can flesh out maybe another, another idea for an app. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be fun. You know, so right off the, I'm a big fan of saying what falls off the top of my head, so to speak. Um, you know, communication with your staff, I think is one. And, um, you know, there, we use things called Basecamp and some other programs to help keep my team and I on the same page. But um, I'm, I'm thinking there, there must be an app where it's a little more instantaneous than that. You know what I mean? Because some of these project management softwares, they rely on, on email, you know, to let you remind you of a task that needs to be done or something like that. But maybe there's, maybe there's an app there that needs to be developed. I think that's a great idea. So in terms of like, when you say communication with staff, is uh, some of your staff, are they remote? All of them are remote. Right. Okay. And uh, almost like we need a, an app that is a cross-platform app, so something that will exist on an iPhone and an Android because we don't know quite what our remote team carry. Uh, so, like, because I know iPhones are really big in the US, but then, you know, it may be that you're working with remote people in the Philippines and with uh, 
uh, others in Vietnam and all over the place. So, so, so maybe um, uh, like a, a way of communicating and, and it sends a text message as well, perhaps? Mm. I think a text message, yes, absolutely. Um, as a reminder, again, what blew me away, and I kind of knew this, but when I was sitting in the back and, and listening to Gary's presentation, when he said, listen, when you do some push marketing, when you send out a message to everybody that downloads your app and it makes their phone buzz, it's kind of like, you know, what person is not trained to get their phone, either pick it up, get it out of their you know little belt holder and look at it and see what it is, right? It's, it's like a conditioned response. When that thing buzzes, you must look at it, you know, and, and who knows? I don't know if it'll always be like that, but, but um, that's certainly a benefit. And so it really is about speed. It's about getting stuff done quickly. It's about communicating, you know, in a very effective and efficient manager, manager system so there must be an app that that could be used there yeah the, the reason why we do that is because there are indie app developers who can uh, have the have the talents to build these uh, ideas and they're looking look, looking for creativity and 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 so i'm just almost thinking that you know when you uh, almost like a way of acknowledging the staff um, in certain places they have uh, i guess a leaderboard or maybe the, the employee of the month uh, when we have remote teams we don't tend to do that but would there, wouldn't it be a good idea to have almost like within our app uh, a way of acknowledging some of the star performance performers for that month and and just acknowledging them, put a little picture up and a little you know bit of detail. Well, you down. know that's a great idea, Paul. And I could see having real benefit for major companies. You know, companies with hundreds of locations. I mean, imagine having um, a, a company. Well, let's just say like McDonald's, they probably wouldn't do it, but you know, a company with stores everywhere and thousands and thousands of employees. And what if there was a leaderboard uh, where people were not only recognized at a, at a little 10 minute meeting before the store opens, but if they were recognized across the chain in some way um, and you know, people who appear on the leaderboard for a period of time or multiple times get some kind of points or prizes or something. Um, you know, that'd be a cool way to make people feel better about their about their job. Yeah. And then you could almost do it on a location basis. So when you're let's take the, the example of McDonald's, when you happen to be in a location that has the, the staff members, that the ones that are being rewarded or uh, I guess uh, uh, the, the feedback that, that they're the ones that appear on the, the app and uh, people can acknowledge them, maybe give them a thumbs up and uh, they get they get some you know, feedback from customers. You know, that's possibly something there. Yeah, you know, it's funny, um, speaking of apps, my wife likes apps, and um, so the other day we were pulling into a, uh, a shopping center to go to this restaurant that's kind of a, a pad site in the center. So we pull in there, and all of a sudden I hear ka-ching, it's like that, you know, register sound, and it, like an old register ringing up, you hear the bells, right? And I'm like, what is that? And she goes, oh, it's it's an app, there must be a store in here that I that I have a, a membership with and they're telling me there's some things on sale. I mean, <laughs> we're pulling into this parking lot to go to a restaurant and her phone is going ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> and it's because she is somehow signed in with with some app which lets lets people know that this store is currently having a sale. I mean, that's pretty cool. Well, the, the, that's the whole exciting area for iPhone because they have this thing called iBeacon which retailers are now really leveraging. And it means that when you're actually walking around the store itself, that they can throw different offers depending on where you are within the store. So they can pinpoint your location. You may be near 
uh, I don't know, the sneakers, you, I guess you guys call it the sneakers, then, you know, they'll put a promotion out for the, the sneakers and it will hit your phone. And That's crazy. Uh, yeah, so it's called iBeacon and, and the app developers are really leveraging that technology now to uh, to, to uh, really apply for all these different retail strategies that, uh, yeah, really exciting stuff. I think that's- Yeah, that's, that's very be, exciting stuff. Uh, so before we say goodbye then, Jim, is there uh, uh, any last- bit of advice you, you could leave uh, to those people who uh, are thinking about maybe starting up on their own and uh, getting stuck into app development, maybe some just parting advice that you could uh, leave us with. Um, again, the first thing that popped into my head, I actually had two things, so I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you two. Um, I remember this, um, this very smart gentleman said one time, I may not be smarter than everybody else, but I'm a lot more prolific. And what that means, Paul, is he gets a lot of stuff done. He's constantly implementing, constantly creating content and things like that. And so when you're always creating content and getting stuff done, you've got a lot more chance of hitting on something big, right? So be, you don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. You just got to get a lot of stuff done. So that's number one. Number two, and, and this may be even a little more valuable, is and I, tell, I teach people this all the time. You will earn significantly more money for who you are than what you do. And so if you think about, um, you know, you're an accountant or, you know, you're a lawyer or you run a flower shop, whatever it is, you're going to earn more for your brand, for who you are. You're going to st- earn more for when you when you stand out amongst the competition for some reason. Um, that's going to, that's going to make you a lot more money than simply saying I'm the best accountant. I add numbers up better than anybody else. You know, I mean, you've got to have something that you stand for. So you'll learn a lot more for who you are than what you do. Well, Jim, I love that. And I just think it goes to show that the time we're living in now is uh, people are moving away from these big brands and, uh, I guess making more connections with uh, humans. And we love to connect with authentic uh, entrepreneurs and, and people that are putting their story up. And, and now we can do that with blogs and podcasts and, uh, you know, domains that are in our own name and uh, now apps that are, that are in our own name. So it's really an exciting time to be an entrepreneur, I think, and to, to be in this world. Absolutely. So everybody that's listening, I want to encourage you to go. It is My app is available in either iTunes or Android version. Just just search out Jim Palmer. Jim Palmer, don't do that. Jim Palmer <laughs> right. or Smart Marketing, and, um, and you'll see my app. Well, I'm going to be the first to download that. I'm downloading it right now, and uh, I'll be giving you a, a star review. And I so just that. Well, it's, uh, uh, it just leaves me to say, Jim, that uh, it's been a pleasure. I feel like uh, we could talk forever, but I'm going to have to call it a day and just uh, say thank you very much for joining us on the App Guide podcast. It's a wonderful journey sharing this with you, and I uh, would love to get you back at some point uh, where we can continue this story. Open invitation, Paul. Let me know anytime. I'm happy to come back on your show. It's an awesome show. Yeah. Before we say goodbye, actually, I forgot to mention that we uh, would be great to know how to connect with you, how to reach out and, and connect. Yeah. You mentioned at the beginning, I think the newsletterguru.com, www.thenewsletterguru.com. That's my main site. From there, you can connect to the TV show, to the podcast, to my books, programs, and different things like that. So thenewsletterguru.com. And are you, do you do Twitter and uh, LinkedIn and Facebook? I am very big in Facebook, and I'm uh, pretty big in LinkedIn. I only Twitter a little bit. I just 
um, it seems like I can't control myself within 147 or whatever, 140 characters. <laughs> right, <whatever>. yeah. <laughs> so I realistically, what I do on Facebook and LinkedIn is I share um, marketing tips and success tips and um, business building strategies. I can't do those in 140 characters. And so I, I kind of gave up trying, to be honest with you. I've built quite a following on the other two platforms. And I think, you know, as far as social media goes, with the number of uh, platforms that are out there, you got to pick one or two or three that you can do really well in. So that's why I, I've done that. See, Jim, I love having you on because you've just given me another great idea. What it, wouldn't it be amazing if you could just dictate what it is you want to say and then have that uh, somehow uploaded and then it come back after a human being has uh, put it into 140 characters perfectly and then it tweets for you? That now that is an app that I would get because if I could say it and somehow it massaged it down to 140 ca- that Paul, yeah. I'm, I'm, you, you do that I'm on board. Right, so I'm going to put that down in my list of apps to build because uh, I'm you're right I'm forever trying to edit the damn thing and you know just change the words and oh, it's like re, re, you know delete things and it takes forever. So uh, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that down. That, that is a winner, man. You bet you better delete that off the live version of the show <laughs> somebody else can't well, no, we love transparency but, uh, <laughs> hopefully you know you hear you heard it first here in the app guy podcast so uh, there you go G- jim wonderful speaking with you and uh, all the best for what you do you too paul thank you thank you for listening to this podcast stay tuned for the next episode if you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone then please send an email to info at one the app guy podcast 